All right. We're going to get right into it because I do want to leave some time for anyone who may want to come on and share. Hello. So welcome to Daring Dialogues. I'm your host tonight, Shantae Charles. And tonight, well, today is what? Monday. So it's Monday Motivation. It's also Women's History Month. And rather than do my normal reading about the amazing, incredible women that are out here in the world doing it, blowing, blowing it, things out of the water, making history, all of that, I am going to take time out of my day to talk about something that is very dear to me, and that is the protection of black women. Yes, I'm a black woman. I'm a black indigenous woman, and I believe in our protection. That being said, I do want to talk tonight about um, some things that I've heard today and last night, some things I've observed in our community. Um, and I just want to give my thoughts and observations on it. Everybody has an opinion about it and you're entitled to your opinion and that's fine. Um, but I do want to talk about uh, what I call the second slap heard around the world in our history now. And that is the uh, altercation that happened between actor Will Smith and veteran comedian, well, veteran actor Will Smith and veteran comedian uh, Chris Rock. I want to start by reading out of Proverbs 18. Uh, you don't have to be a Bible believer in order to receive just good wisdom, philosophical wisdom. So I'm going to read from Proverbs 18. I'm going to read a couple of verses here because I feel like they definitely tie into some things I noticed and things that I want to talk about tonight. The first one, and I'm reading out of the Message Bible, also known as what I call the Hood Bible. Verse 2 of Proverbs 18, it says, Fools care nothing for thoughtful discourse. All they do is run off at the mouth. So tonight, we definitely want to have some thoughtful discourse. Verse 6, the words of a fool start fights. Do him a favor and hush him up. Verse 7, fools are undone by their big mouths. Their souls are crushed by their words. Uh, verse 13 says, answering before listening is both stupid and rude. Now, I don't use the word stupid. I use intellectually challenged, uh, but that's what it says here. Verse 15, wise men and women are always learning, always listening for fresh insight. So I want to talk tonight because hopefully um, I'm going to give some fresh insights possibly, and maybe I will receive some fresh insights. So I'm looking for both tonight. Verse uh, 17 says the first speech in a court case is always convincing until the cross-examination starts with well, one of my favorite verses out of Proverbs 18. It essentially says, Hey, everybody feels right until another side of the story is heard, right? Verse 20 says words satisfy the mind as much as fruit does the stomach. Good talk is as gratifying as a good harvest. And verse 21 says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit, you choose. 
So again, I wanted to start out with just some context around uh, words and the importance of words and some spiritual context. And again, you can check that out, that whole proverb, Proverbs 18. And so I want to start with just some background that I took a look at while I was going over this today to decide whether or not I was going to actually, you know, sort of talk about this. This is a sensitive issue um, for a lot of women, especially black women. Um, and so I want to just jump really quickly into a little bit of the background I found out about both Will and Chris Rock. Um, Will Smith, in his biography, he does talk about um, his feelings about being a coward and not standing up for women in his life in the past. Um, he talks about, you know, dealing with his father's abuse and being and feeling helpless in part of, of that, dealing with that abuse and not feeling like he actually stood up and defended the women in his life when he was younger. So there is some backstory uh, behind the possibility of why he reacted as strongly as he did, right? On the other side of this, though, is also Chris Rock. Chris Rock apparently has been in therapy because he got a late adult diagnosis of Asperger's. Um, now, I have about 15 years of experience of working with people who have Asperger's in the teaching and educational profession. And one of the things I can definitely tell you is that a lot of that is associated with, or a lot of uh, times people with Asperger's, they have um, social awkwardness. They miss social cues um, as to when something is appropriate or inappropriate. Sometimes they can do what's called perseverating, which is like staying on a topic and, and going on and on and not knowing how to stop. Um, and so definitely I could, after I realized that I could see a little bit of that, um, in what happened on last night, it was almost like the light bulb came on for him at the end. Like he finally got like, okay, what I said was not good. Okay. So you see a little bit of a gap with emotional intelligence with Chris Rock, um, which kind of begs the question of, because you know this person could be dealing with social awkwardness or saying inappropriate things, like that probably wasn't the best choice of a host. And I know that he's hosted in the past and we'll get to that. Um, but that probably wasn't the best choice of a host. Just going to say it that way for right now. So the other thing that I noticed in this whole um, debacle is a lot of what I call misogynoir. And why do I say misogynoir and not just misogyny? Um, I'm seeing a lot of comments basically saying that, you know, because of um, Jada Pinkett's relationship or because of what she's done in the past uh, with her marriage and people disapproving of that, that she doesn't deserve to be protected. And my question then comes in terms of thinking, well, do black women have to be perfect in order to be protected? Um, does that mean that there is a qualifier for black women that, 
you know, we can't say the wrong thing. We can't do the wrong thing. Um, we can't have a, a, uh, re relationship things that are out of the norm or not seen as respectful, right. In our, just our, our societal norms and do those things justify saying, well, she shouldn't be protected anyway, because this is what she's done. And are we using that same standard for other women? I don't see it being used for other women. I definitely see uh, the respectability politics being used on black women. Uh, we saw last week, Judge uh, Katanji, the nominee, we saw she had a great record, but that didn't stop her from being verbally insulted and verbally assaulted. And, you know, people saying, oh my gosh, all the stuff that she was put through, the humiliating questions that she was put through, right? But it was almost like people felt sorry for her because she was a good black woman. Whereas, you know, they don't necessarily think as highly of Jada. So then the question becomes, do black women have to be perfect in order to be protected? Um, do black women have to abide by certain moral codes and standards in order for them to quote unquote deserve protection? Because I mean, I heard lots of black men when things were being said and done towards Kim Kardashian, I heard lots of black men chiming in and standing up for her and saying she needs to be protected. She needs to be protected from threats. She needs to be protected from potential harm. And so, I mean, if we go back to her past, that's not exactly perfect. So again, I'm just wondering, are people actually um, considering how it looks when you say, <laughs> This person over here shouldn't be protected because their lifestyle is, is something I disagree with. But this person over here who's not black, who definitely has things that people disagree with in their lifestyle, we run to their defense. I'm just trying to get us to think, right? And then I saw a lot of comments that had to do with, oh my gosh, what Will Smith did was really violent. And let me be clear, they were both wrong. I do not condone violence. But what I will not do is I will not pretend that both of them were not committing violence. Okay? Will had the violence of physical action. Chris chose the violence of words. Um, and so we do have to look at that. We do have to be... Um, discernment, discerning between what is a joke and what is a public insult couched as a joke. What is something um, that can be seen as cruelty, right? If you're laughing at a hurting person or you're laughing at a medical condition, um, what he said was very ableist, but it was also a form of bullying. And so we can't ignore the violence of what he said and just hop onto the violence that was done afterwards. And again, I'm going to come back to that. 
And so we have a lot of people saying it was just a joke. It was just a joke. He was just doing his job. But again, was it a joke or was it cruelty? Was it a public insult? Okay. And oftentimes, because I am an educator and I've been an educator for 22 years now, oftentimes we are dealing with uh, many times conflicts, children, because many times that's where it starts, um, who are crushed by words. We're seeing children commit suicide because of words. So when you are an adult and you're saying it's just words, it's just a joke, just understand that the people around you, including your children, are also hearing that. So if they're being taunted, if they're being bullied, how um, quickly are they going to be willing to come to you and confide in you that this is happening when they're hearing your response and seeing your response to adults attack each other, not just physically, but verbally. I just want you to think about that. There was a young girl recently who committed suicide because she had alopecia and the children around her were bullying her and taunting her about it. They didn't physically strike her, but she's no longer with us because of words. So when we dismiss the power and the violence that can happen through words, I think we're doing our society. I think we're doing um, children. I think we're doing our community a disservice. Now, there's also some prior history between these two. I went back and listened to the 2016 Oscars where Chris Rock, in their absence, decided to lay into them about protesting the Oscars, about the Oscars not being um, showing representation, proper representation. Um, he made several jokes about them that I didn't find funny. Um, but many of the people in the audience did. They had a great time laughing at them in their absence. Okay. He also made a joke, not just about Jada during that 2016 Oscars. He also made a joke about Will Smith. He made a joke about Will Smith's job. He made a joke about whether or not Will Smith deserved to be paid what he was being paid for the work he was doing. So, there is a prior history there of him coming after them, not just individually, but as a couple. All right. So we also, so we got a, a little, put a little bit of context in there that this blow up could have been a buildup from the old and the new. Other context here, Chris Rock, again, did a whole documentary called Good Hair. I watched that documentary. In that documentary, he does mention alopecia. So for all the people who are saying he had no idea what it was or, you know, what it could be, that's not true. And so again, people are looking at the intent also of what was said. It is reported that they are supposedly friends. So again, people are wondering if this is your friend, why are you using your friend to target them in such a way in a public setting? 
There are a lot of jokes that he could have made, right? Jada having the issue with alopecia, a lot of people are saying they had no idea that this was going on. Jada Pinkett has been talking about alopecia for more than a year. I don't watch Red Table Talk, but I know that. <laughs> um, I've seen a, a couple of articles about her hair journey and her talking about how she had to um, adjust to it and and learning how to feel comfortable not covering her head with you know the turban or using a wig so the conversation has been out here okay the other thing i keep hearing people say about this conversation is well if it was a white comedian would will smith have gone up there would he would he have just walked up and just smacked him well my question is if it was a white female that had those same kinds of issues, would he have made that joke about the, the white female? You see, what I've learned is it is safer. And this, of course, is goes back to white supremacy and um, an enslavement mentality. It is safer to do harm to the in-group. It is safer for another black person to harm another black person and not someone in an out group. It is safer to pick on each other and still um, get away with it and get a pass than it is to harm someone else. And so, again, I look at this as inappropriate community behavior. And the inappropriate community behavior did not necessarily start with Will Smith. To me, it started with Chris Rock. But again, Looking at the context of what Chris Rock has just discovered about himself recently and he's in therapy for, um, it does not surprise me now, knowing that he's um, diagnosed as Asperger's, it doesn't surprise me that he would say something that is socially inappropriate. Just saying. The other thing I'm noticing is there's a lot of white people hopping into a conversation about black men and black women and black hair. Can I get y'all to stay out of this one, please? Thanks. Just saying. There are plenty of conversation that we can have that you guys are free to jump on into. <clears throat> if you want to talk overall about how we shouldn't do violence, and that's great. But the conversation about our hair, that's not your conversation. I'm just saying, it's not your conversation. Learn and listen. Sometimes it's just good to just observe the conversation and not try to uh, hop in. Last two things I want to talk about is um, as I was thinking about this today and as I was kind of reading through and going through some things, and I always try to pray before, you know, I get up here and say stuff because, again, I don't want to be the fool, right? I don't want to be the person just saying stuff off the top of my head. But this is what I heard in, in the spirit realm. And if you're a person, if you're a believer, you know what I mean when I say in the spirit realm as I was thinking about this subject. I heard this. I heard the academy literally threw a rock and hid their hand. 
none of us would be having this conversation if Chris Rock had not been used as I like to think, if he had not been used as a pawn to prick a man in an area in which he was vulnerable. I just want you to sit with that for a moment. Because now an investigation is going to be done and they're already talking about what kinds of penalties are in store for Mr. Smith. Not one time have I heard them say that what Chris Rock said was also violence. It was also inappropriate. And so if you're going to do an investigation on Will Smith, I also need you to do an investigation on Chris Rock. They both should be penalized. If you're going to penalize one, you should penalize both. Our society has trained us to see that only one assault took place last night. And that simply is not true. Two assaults took place on that stage, but we have been taught to only see one. So they're going to be investigating him and I'm encouraging all black women to at the Academy. That's what I did on Twitter, because if you're going to investigate Will Smith, you also need to investigate and sanction Chris Rock. What's good for the goose is good for the gander all around. This was inappropriate community behavior from both men. Now, for those of you who say this was just a joke, let me give you some legal context and then I'm going to end what I have to say. The Supreme Court defined fighting words. I want you to listen to this definition, okay? According to the Supreme Court, fighting words are words that are meant to incite violence such that they may not be protected free speech under the First Amendment. Let me give it to you one more time. Fighting words. Words that are meant to incite violence such that they may not be protected free speech under the First Amendment. The Supreme Court defined them in the case of Chaplinsky versus New Hampshire in 1942 as words which by their very utterance inflict injury or tend to incite an immediate breach of the peace. So ask yourself, if you had a spouse that was dealing with a medical condition You watch that spouse go through that pain, that suffering, getting to a place of self-acceptance, getting to a place of, you know, coming out into the public. And on national TV, in front of millions of viewers, in front of the entire world, somebody says something to your spouse that is violent inappropriate, intentionally hurtful and harmful, cruel, 
are those fighting words. You might not respond with a slap, but would it incite you to want to get up and do something about what was said? That's what I want you to think about. Again, both of them were wrong. One had the cruelty of words. The other responded. So this is what I wanted to share tonight. I hope that I've given you something to think about. If you would like to come on, I don't think I can bring anybody on through YouTube, but thank you all for watching. If you have some comments, you want to leave me down in the comments about what I've said. I hope I've given you some, uh, maybe a fuller perspective, some things to think about. Um, but also know that when people say things like they're not going to have us back again, when people say things like you can't take black people anywhere, what you're doing is what what has been done to black people for, I don't know, hundreds of years now. And that is having professionalism weaponized. Thinking that we can never have a moment where we are human. We can never have a moment where we blow up. We can never have a moment where we lose it. That's professionalism weaponized. It's also performing your life for the white gaze. You're only concerned about what white people think about you. And sadly, uh, millions of black people live that way, that they're only concerned about how white people see them. How does it look to white people? Not, let me go check on the person that was dealt that blow. But let's not respond right here because the white people are watching. All right. Um, that to me is that too is how white supremacy works and can show up. So if you would like to respond to what I have shared tonight or you have any questions or comments, please feel free to drop them in the comment section and I'll just hang out here a moment and read them if you have anything that you want to share about your thoughts on this whole slap heard around the world. I will wait. And again, if you want to look up the definition of fighting words, you can look up um, Supreme Court case Chaplinsky. Chaplinsky versus New Hampshire. Many friends of mine thought Will seemed unhinged. And as, yeah, and as I said, um, he may have been. He may have been. Um, if you, you know, start looking at his biography and what I kind of saw was an Achilles heel, you know, the thing about being transparent and talking about your transparency in your biography is people then take those things 
and recognize what your weak places are and use them against you. So, yeah, I can see that. Um, and as someone else uh, was sharing today, I was in conversation with, they said black men can defend a white woman and people will applaud them for that. But black men are almost never applauded for defending black women. And that too is historical because <laughs> a part of demonstrating your manhood was the ability to defend your wife, your children. And in even in enslavement, that aspect of manhood was stripped from black men. So when I see, um, when I see black men run to go defend everyone else, but their in group and black women, you're still operating under white supremacy. Mm -hmm. And the King Richard role may have triggered his insecurity of not protecting enough. This is possible. Yeah. Yep. Most definitely. Uh, what about the fact that he cackled along with the general crowd first? Um, I think that that was a, probably a natural response. Sometimes we don't realize the joke is on us at first. I mean, I've had plenty of issues where I've been laughing and be like, huh, huh, wait a minute, they talking about me. <laughs> wait a minute, this is not funny. I think it was a delayed reaction. And when he saw his wife's response, it probably hit him like, oh, wait a wait a oh, oh, that's why he's calling her G.I. Joe. Oh, see, now I got the I got to. Now see, you went I you went too far. <laughs> you went too far. And again, now knowing that Chris Rock has Asperger's, he went too far and he didn't realize he went too far. He didn't realize he went too far until um, the emotional intelligence got kind of slapped back into him. And even if you notice, even after he hit him, he was still trying to crack jokes. If you go look at the unedited one, he's still trying to crack jokes. And it is not until Will Smith has to say twice, he says twice, I won't say has to say, but he says twice, keep my wife's ba 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 out your mouth that he gets it. He says, okay, okay, I'm going to. So there's a lot in there. And I agree with somebody who said, you know, we need to have more conversations as a community about this kind of behavior. And sometimes I think these things happen um, as a form of social experiment just to see our black people still disjointed and still fragmented and still confused about the kind of community behavior they should be having amongst themselves. I tell you today, I heard from one of my uncles <laughs> and I've been having some, I've been having some uh, racial issues happening in my neighborhood. And my uncle called me up and he said, Hey, 
Are you okay? Because I can come up there, you know, I can come handle some things for you. And I was like, um, uncle, <laughs> I'm going to handle things the legal way, but thank you for your concern. And that's the part I think people miss. It's not that black women want all that we want every black man to just jump up and start fighting and getting bloodied, bloodied for us. We want consideration. Thank you for the concern. Thank you for the consideration. That's all. I appreciate it. I appreciate knowing that, you know, I have men in my family, my husband included, right? Who have my back. And even if I feel strong enough to have my own back, doesn't take away from the fact that I appreciate they have my back. And so when people say things like, um, Will Smith has lost all my respect. I'm like, but Chris Rock hasn't. So it's okay for people to talk to the women in your family with cruelty. So you're okay in cruelty now. This is what we're doing as a community. It's okay. It's okay for somebody to come at your daughter sideways. That's okay. So he's lost your respect, but Chris Rock has not. <laughs> yes, we want to know someone has the instincts to launch in for us. Yes. Yes. And so, as I said, there's a lot to unpack here. I think we do as a community need to have more conversations um, that just because a black woman um, is strong or just because a black woman is has her stuff together does not take away from what you bring to the table as a black man. Yeah, it really doesn't. I appreciate all of the strong, capable, dependent, dependable black men in my life. Calling Chris Rock's word a form of violence is good. Comedians can crack jokes without being only insulting. Yes, yes, yes. And so... Again, I think, I think that people need to start discerning what is a joke and what is cruelty. Because again, had he said something like that to any disabled white woman in the audience, had he cruelly joked about her, her disability? Oh, there would have been an apology. There would have been. People would have been jumping all over it saying how horrible of a black man Chris Rock is for saying it. But because it was Jada. Oh, I don't like her lifestyle. And this is why I said what I said on my platform. Protect black women. Not just the beautiful ones. Not just the pretty ones. 
not just the uh, ones who have it all together, not just the smart ones, not just the healthy ones. Protect black women, not just the ones in your family. Protect black women. Some some people are saying, well, black men want to be respected. I'm going to tell you this now. Somebody not going to like what I'm what I'm about to say. So let me just give me a pause. <laughs> when men from other communities see how you stand to the side and don't protect your women, you can't earn respect that way. I don't know any other community of men that's going to let you just roll up and say what you want to say to the women in their community and not respond. Respondez-vous. So if you're looking for respect, part of that respect starts with your own community and how you treat the women coming out of your own community. And again, are you only reserving your protection if the woman is beautiful, if she's attractive, if she's single and available for you? Or do you have a code of conduct that says, I'm going to protect black women. If I am in a space and I see something going down where black women are being disrespected and harmed, I'm going to step in. I have been very fortunate in my own life where I have always had men around me that step to the plate to offer protection. And many times it has not been um, my family members that have been around. It's just been other black men. And so I am thankful for black men who step up and are willing to be protectors and not predators. Because a lot of times the predatory black men get plenty of press. They do. The media loves to showcase predatory black men. But I have seen and experienced what it's like to have black men say, are you okay? Is this person bothering you? Would you like me to hang around a few minutes longer just to make sure this person walks away? When my husband has not been there and I've been by myself handling business, I've had Black men step in in a, in a protective way and a respectful way and assist. So um, I can't, you know, I've, I've experienced predatory black men, but that has not been the majority of my experience. And I'm 44. Okay. I'm not 25, I'm not 19. <laughs> I've been here for a little bit. 
And what I have seen is I have seen uh, black men step up to the plate. I really have. And so that's kind of where I am on it. Um, I don't feel like in the moment, both of them had the proper response. But I think it is dishonest (laughs) to only say that Will Smith was the only one wrong here. And I think it is also dishonest for the Academy to only want to investigate Will Smith when they are the ones who hired Chris Rock. (laughs) They are the ones who hired Chris Rock. So there was a Achilles heel issue exploited in that moment. And if you're going to penalize one, then I believe you should penalize both. And then I believe as the Academy, you need to come back and say, we made, we made a little bit of a wrong choice of a host. And maybe we need to have some guidelines around things that are said as a host, especially if you're going to put up a comedian that you know, um, oftentimes says things that are controversial or cruel. So I think that there's a a conversation that can be had about that. Yeah. Any comments, any other comments from my YouTubers over here hanging out? I don't want to leave you all out. All right. I hope that you heard my heart in this. I hope that um, I gave you something to think about. I hope that you didn't feel like I was trying to bash either one of these men because I'm not. I think it's good that Chris Rock is actually in therapy, trying to figure out himself and how to um, manage himself. I think that's great. We know that Will Smith has also been in therapy. He's talked about it. There's a couple of um, interviews that he's done. So both men are working themselves out. And I think we also need to leave some room for humanity. Yes, black people cut up in public. Yes. (laughs) No matter how much money they have, they still cut up in public. Black people are not the only ones that cut up in public. So let us not act as if black people are the only ones who cut up in public or at award ceremonies. Let us not do that. Let us not make it bigger than it really is, but also let us learn the lessons that we could learn through this. One of them is not being a pawn. Okay. Because I kind of feel like Will Smith was a little, he was set up just a little bit, just a little bit. Don't be the pawn to say something to trigger your brother or your sister and take them to a place that most of us don't want to go. Just don't be a pawn. Don't be a pawn in it. If you see something and you have to present, especially if you're in that industry, you see something and you have to present and they've written something for you. You you read over and you realize, oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait. 
that mm, that ain't going to go over well. I'm sorry. I really want to host this, but you know what? I, I This line here, I think we need to draw. I think we need to draw two lines through that because I know them. And if I say that as it rolls through the little teleprompter, if I say that, it's not going to go well. Don't be the pawn. Don't let systems use you to bash each other. Again, inappropriate community behavior. That's what I call it. Don't be a pawn. All right. This has been another episode of Daring Dialogues. And I've been your host tonight, Shantae Charles. I do want to thank you for your time and attention. Remember, light is the most daring opposition to darkness. So be light. Don't be a pawn. Be light. Use your words wisely. Words can kill or words can heal. Be a healer with your words. Watch what you say. Your wives are listening. Your daughters are listening. Your nieces are listening. The children that you say you love and care for and are concerned about are listening. They're watching your response. They're watching whether or not uh, you think that violence is the answer. They're watching whether or not you think emotional violence and, and verbal violence is okay. They're watching. And so I just encourage you to think it over and be light. Take care, everyone. Good night and God bless.